Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Jack Rutland. It's an honor to have with me this morning for our interview, Mr. Bob Weisinger. Uh, not a native born to this area, but has been living in the uh, Mount Zion out in the Wesson community for uh, well, since 1999. Is that correct, Bob? That's true. And uh, but he's a but he's a Mississippi boy. I uh, heard him mention earlier that he graduated from Central High School. That's true. Uh, Jackson youngster grew up in the Jackson metro area and uh, graduated from the old Central High School. That some of us still remember, and uh, was actually involved in ROTC. But uh, before we get into all that, Bob is uh, is a veteran of the Korean conflict. Served in the. Uh, very famous 3rd Infantry Division, which we'll talk a little bit about here in just a few moments. But again, I want to say thank you, Bob, for taking time out of your busy schedule because I know you're you're in the garden right now because Bob and I go to church together and we've been talking about the gardens coming off and he's been shelling peas. And your thumb is sore now, probably. But anyway, thank you for taking the time to come in and visit with us and we look forward to hearing some of your experiences about your time of serving our country during the Korean conflict. So, you were born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi, correct? No, I was raised there. I was born in Clovis, New Mexico. Okay. And ended up back in Jackson and went to school there and then graduated from Central High School. Right. Okay. So, after that, uh, I think you said that you were involved or in, uh, enlisted in the National Mississippi National Guard. That's true. So, shortly after that, at some point in time. And uh, and then uh, and then the Korean conflict came along, and uh, the National Guard was activated. Yes, sir. And uh, you were part of, I think you said, uh, uh, what what unit was it that the National Guard you were part of? Thirty first Infantry Division, which was made up of Mississippi, Alabama National Guard. Okay, Mississippi and Alabama National Guard. So the. The word came that you guys were being activated. When did uh, when did you find out you guys were going to Korea? We went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and we were filled up with draftees, and uh, we put these draftees through basic training. I got you. And uh, after we got them through basic training, then some of us from the division, along with most of those draftees, were sent to Korea. So it sounds like because you had National Guard experience and already had all of your training, that they used you to do some instructing. You were actually part of the, the guys that are preparing the, the, the inductees, the guys that have been drafted. That's true. Okay. All right. So this was an infantry division, though. Yes, sir. And you guys were ground soldiers, uh, the grunts that did all the actual face-to-face combat. Yes, sir. Okay. So you get sent to Korea. Uh, was that your first time to leave Mississippi or uh, or to leave the country? Yes, leave the country. Right, leave For the country. Sure. <laughs> For sure. So what was the attitude? I mean, that was probably, did you go by ship? Yes, we did. That was probably quite a long boat ride. It was. Uh, we uh, got kind of tired of that troop ship before we got there. And, and so you went directly to Korea, or did you go to Japan first? We went to Japan first, and were processed through Camp Drake, Japan. Mm-hmm. 
and then was sent on to Korea. Well, the the conflict in Korea, you know, a lot of people, you know, it gets kind of skipped over because of World War II and then Vietnam, but and a lot of people don't think that there was a whole lot of conflict going on in Korea, but it was a very intense uh, conflict, and a lot of people say, no, it was nothing more than a police action. Well, that's that's crazy, too, because, I mean, it was actual combat, and our soldiers were involved along with other allied soldiers for fighting against the North Koreans and then eventually the North Chinese or the Chinese. So when you guys got there, you knew you were preparing for a fight. That is correct? Yes, sir. So where did, what was it like when you first got there? Where all did you guys have to go? And did you go to a – were you merged into – that's where you became a part of the 3rd Infantry Division? That's correct. We were – I was assigned to the 3rd Infantry Division. A lot of the other fellows that went over were assigned to other units. I got you. Uh, I got you. I was – went to the 3rd Division and then was assigned to a regiment, the 15th Infantry Regiment, mm-hmm. and to a battalion and went to a battalion – uh, holding area, you might say, where we lived. And they kept us there for about two weeks and trained us, they claim. But what it was, <laughs> they were getting us in shape for climbing up and down those mountains. And if they hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been worth a dime once we were assigned to our outfit because we just couldn't hold up to the strenuous exercise and work that it took to climb those mountains. And people don't realize that Korea does have a really rough terrain. It was very difficult for tanks to maneuver. And so where they, you know, a lot of folks don't realize you guys were having to climb mountains. All the time. And everybody wanted the high ground. Oh, sure. That's right. Uh, The infantry always wants the high ground because they can observe everything. And, uh, uh, once they got us in shape, then we were assigned to a company. And depending on our individual training in infantry basic, then we were assigned to a squad. Okay. My background was in the 57 recoilless rifle and 60-millimeter mortars. Wow. Okay. Uh, an infantry company is made up of three infantry platoons and one weapons platoon. And the weapons platoon consists of... Three mortar, sec- three mortar squads and three fifty-seven recoilless rifle squads. Now, was the recoilless on a jeep? Was it mounted on a jeep, no, or was it something you guys had to carry? Not the fifty-seven. A one hundred and five was mounted okay, on a jeep right. most of the time. Okay, but so you the, guys had to carry it. You bet you. How many men were in that little group with a recoilless? Well, with one recoilless, there was five men. It was a five-man okay. squad. Okay. There were three squads to a, to a section in the weapons platoon. And because there was three, there was three infantry platoons, and one rifle was assigned to each platoon as support to protect you guys. <laughs> well, uh, not really. <laughs> uh, we were there to lend close artillery support to the infantry okay. platoons. Okay. Okay. So then, it sounds like you guys were kind of pushed right into. The combat situations pretty quick after you got your training behind you. They sent us right to an outfit, to, I mean, a company that was on the line. The front line. Yes, sir. So you had been there just a few weeks, 
and you're on the front line. What time of the year was it? Winter time, or do you remember? Was it? Oh yeah. Was it I cold at that time? You got no. There? It was hot. It was in July. Okay, when you arrived, it was July. Yes, sir. Okay. I left Seattle, Washington, on a boat, and I had an 18th birthday on that Goodness. ship. Goodness. Goodness. Just a youngster. You just don't know. <laughs> and I imagine there were times you wondered, what in the world am I doing? Where am I going? I'm 18-year-old, and I'm headed for Korea. And it had to be an emotional time, too. I struggled going into combat because I was a Christian boy. And, you know, the good book says, Thou shalt not kill. And uh, I struggled with that. But good Lord gave me the answer. And he took care of me. And, and a lot of GIs went through that. And it, oh, it's yeah. still, it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon. It's, it's that way today. But you had a job. You had a mission. You were supporting your other guys. Your, 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 your comrades were right there beside you. And you had an assignment, and you had to do the job. Uh, That's true. And, and, and I'm sure it was a difficult thing to reconcile in your mind and in your heart knowing that you may be taking the lives of other human beings just like yourself. So you got put up on the front line. And uh, do you remember your first experience in combat? What was it like? Well, they, Chinese would probe the lines fairly routinely at night. And that's when most of the combat was seen unless you were on a push and sometimes it was just shooting in the dark and sometimes you didn't do anything because you didn't actually see the other the enemy right but uh, I was not right on the main line with the infantrymen I was usually up above them Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that I could get a good field of fire with that mm -hmm. uh, 57 recoilless rifle. But if it was a situation where we couldn't use the recoilless rifle, we had to use our own individual weapons and join in just like the infantrymen. Gotcha. Uh, and, and each of you guys in your little squad probably carried, what, an M1? No, Durand, we, didn't, we didn't carry M1s because we had to carry ammunition. Oh, that's right. Okay, and you were loaded down with all of the that's right. recoilless and rifle equipment. That's right, recoilless rifle. Uh, as, a, as the squad leader, I had an M1 rifle, but I was okay. the only one that carried one Okay. in that squad. I got Rest you. of them had 45 caliber pistols, sidearms, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they needed their hands to do other things as far as equipment. take care of the gun and, and, and the ammunition. So you did, just because there was a fight going on in front of you didn't necessarily mean you would even be involved in it. Uh, that's true, because it might be down the line from you. Mm -hmm. uh, the company was spread out over probably a half to a mile sometimes. And uh, the Chinese would probe here, and I might be way down here and wouldn't gotcha. get involved actually in that particular firefight. But so, if they were probing right in our area, we were definitely involved. So since they were doing this mainly at night, you guys, if you slept, you slept during the day. Well, A cat nap during the night as best you that's could. That's right. That's right. As best you could. We usually had one man 
awake all the time, and we kind of rotated so the others could get some rest at night. Mm. But that one man it would stay on probably two hours, and okay. then he woke somebody up, and he knew who he was supposed to wake up. We're getting close to a break here, but I want you to tell me briefly a little bit about the weather before we go to break, because I know that you, you got there in July. So you were you were soon getting into the fall time of the year, and then the winter. The winters in Korea, I understand, are just horrific, cold, bitter cold. The summer is is very hot. The winters are very cold. There's no fall. No in it between. Just, no, there's no in between. And snow, uh, you just wouldn't believe the way the snow piled up. And it was difficult to get around in the snow. Hmm. And uh, it was difficult on patrols. You couldn't be quiet at Snow Crunch because it had a usually wow. a frozen crust. Right. And it sounded like a tank coming through the snow with you just one man walking. But, so, uh, so what were the? Do you remember temperatures? I know you probably didn't. <laughs> there weren't thermometers everywhere, but I've heard the the twenties and thirty below zero was not uncommon. I never saw a thermometer, and I've heard. Lows of as much as 50 below. Wow. Wow. And it's just unreal how cold it is. But it's also, uh, most folks don't realize that the government, the Army, provided us with the best equipment available to Mm -hmm. cope with the cold Mm -hmm. weather. When uh, we first went over there, we had old snowpacks to wear for shoes, they called them. Mm -hmm. And then they came along with what they call a Mickey Mouse boot. And the Mickey Mouse boot, you could put your feet in water, and you wouldn't be cold. My goodness. So that, that was one of the real problems with the wintertime is you got frostbite on your toes. And those new Mickey Mouse boots Amazing. eliminated most of that. Amazing. Well, we're talking today with Mr. Bob Weisinger, a friend of mine. We go to church together, uh, sharing his experiences in Korea, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back. It's an honor for me to have with us again today, or today, Mr. Bob Weisinger from out in the Mount Zion community in Lincoln County, a veteran of the Korean conflict, and he's been sharing experiences and talking about 50 below zero, which I can't even imagine, but uh, being a part of a recordless rifle uh, squad in his, uh, in his company and uh, his service to his country during uh, the Korean conflict. Mr. Bob, we were talking a little bit about, uh, during the break, a little bit about some of the experiences, and you served on the front line uh, almost a, a good percentage of the 12 months you were in Korea. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So you saw an awful lot of combat. And, and, I, and I told you earlier, I'd like for you just to share some of the things that stand out, really uh, incredible experiences that you were involved in uh, that you remember. And if, if you've got some of those stories, why don't you share some of those with us, things that uh, you remember very clearly? Uh, we uh, were assigned a new platoon leader. Uh, he had been sent to Korea because of his problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And he had been assigned to a rifle platoon when he first got there. And he kept messing up. So the company commander called me in. I was acting platoon leader at that time in the weapons platoon. And he called me in and said he didn't have any choice but to assign this man 
to my platoon as platoon leader. Mm. And he had been pulling some terrible stunts while he was drunk, mm. falling his but We were in reserve one time. He fell the platoon out at 3 o'clock in the morning in the snow for an inspection. Oh, my word. And I told the company commander, I said, Lieutenant, I'm not going to put up with some of the, the things he did with the other platoon. And I had been provided with a 45 automatic that I carried in a shoulder rig. And the company commander reached over and patted the pistol, said, well, Sarge, you can always be cleaning that and have an accident. Oh, good grief. <laughs> well, I didn't want that on my conscience. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. So I figured out how to get rid of him. Those Mickey Mouse boots that we wore, your feet sweated so bad with them. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't wash your feet every night and change your socks, your feet would smell terrible. And they assigned this lieutenant to our platoon, and he moved into the bunker with me since I had been the acting platoon leader. So for about a week, I did not wash my feet. Uh-oh. And I came in one night and started pulling off my boots, and he went bananas. He says, I have never smelled anything so bad, and got up. And went to the company CP and spent the night, and I never did see him again. <laughs> well, Dirty Feet uh, worked out pretty good that time. Incredible I, I, story. I guess I, you could say I used my head for something besides a hat rack. You did, you did good on that one. So 12 months is a long time. You saw a lot of things in, in Korea. You saw a lot of hard fighting where men were trying to do their job but also trying to stay alive. Well, staying alive was our primary concern. Of course, duty was way up there on the priority list. Uh, I was, as acting platoon leader, I was responsible for the lives of 36 men. Mm. And uh, I was very fortunate that I only lost one man. Wow. wow. The whole time I was over there. That's incredible. A job well done. Thank you. He was a, an older man. Here I was, 18, and he was 42. My goodness. We called him Pop. And uh, he should not have been in the military to start with because he had a, a mental problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kept after him about staying off the skyline. But he'd stand up on the skyline and just talk to himself. Uh, when he shaved, he'd say, you know, you're really a good-looking fellow. So, uh, now, when you say skyline, you're talking about he was silhouetting himself in the, the open sky, which made right. him a pretty good target. That's right. And I, if I told him once, I told him a hundred times. And they dropped a artillery round in right next to him. Oh, goodness. And I had to pull him off the skyline. Mm, mm. And uh, he... Uh, I tried to get a helicopter in from the eight battalion aid station, and the battalion medical officer would not send a helicopter because he said we were taking fire. We got one round, and that was taking fire to him. And uh, Captain, 
and uh, they sent a jeep after the man and they we had put tourniquets on both legs to keep him from try to keep him from bleeding to death but he did mm -hmm. and I called down to the A station to see what, what was happening and they said he didn't make it and I was talking to the medical officer that wouldn't send the helicopter and I called him everything but a human being mm. and he was kind of a playboy he had been the one that had been supplying our alcoholic lieutenant mm. with his booze mm. and but I told him that it, and he came up on the hill at times but I told him that if he came up there again he'd be a vital statistic <laughs> Now, Mr. Bob, a lot of people don't realize, and I remember the first time I became aware, that you won the Purple Heart for your service or as, as a part of your service in Korea. Do you mind sharing with us how you came about winning the Purple Heart? And the Purple Heart, for those who may not know, is, is a medal that's given to any combat soldier or any soldier who's injured while serving their country in combat. That's to be in combat. That's correct. That is right. So do you mind sharing with us how you won the Purple Heart? Not a bit. We went out on a push. The whole division was on the move. Mm. And uh, we were moving into a position on a hill where we could assault. And I say hill, it was a mountain. Uh, so we could, where we could assault the mountain where the enemy was. And... I had a job to do, and I went and did that, and I knew I was assigned, I was at that time section leader for the 57 Recoilless Rifle, but I stayed most of the time with the mortar section, which was kept together. My three 57 Recoilless Rifles were out with the platoons. Right. And so I stayed with the mortar section, but they had assigned me something to do, and I'd gotten it done and was moving to the mortar section's position when they dropped a mortar round trying to hit the mortar section that was setting up down there. Goodness. And it was, it landed, I was coming down the hill to a little knoll, and it landed between where I was and the mortar section. But we were very close together, and I was the closest one to it. Mm. And I got uh, lead in my left shoulder and my right leg. And there were six other men wounded at the same time. My goodness. So that was shrapnel from that mortar round. That's right. I still carry that lead around with me. <laughs> you got a little Korean or, or, or Chinese lead in you. That's right. My goodness. So you did you have to be evacuated? Yeah. they sent. I got back to as far back as I went was Pusan at the hospital. Mm -hmm. The rest of those other six men, there was two stateside wounds. Mm. And the rest of them went to Japan. Okay. So the stateside guys, they went home. That's right. It was serious enough. That That's they, right. There they was two of them. Wow. And so you were naturally awarded the Purple Heart for your shedding of your blood in, in Korea. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're getting down to just a few minutes left in our interview. This has really been interesting and, and an honor for me to, to have the time to visit with you, Mr. Bob. Any other stories? You got anything uh, Anything you'd like to share with us here in the last few minutes uh, that you remember about Korea? I know it had to be quite an experience for a youngster because you were just 18 when you got there. Uh, and uh, it had to be really quite an experience. 
It was. And I took the responsibility very serious. And I grew up over there. I had been trained in the National Guard by World War II veterans. Mm -hmm. And they don't make soldiers like them anymore. That's right. So I had a good background. And, but I grew up in, in Korea, there's no doubt about it. Everybody that went over there, most of us were young, maybe not as young as I was, but we all grew up over there. Well, I think it's pretty significant that they gave you such responsibility at such a very young age, so I'm sure they recognized they had somebody that could do the job and do it right. So I think that's quite an honor for you to have been in those leadership positions as you were. Well, I actually turned down a battlefield commission to a second lieutenant to come home. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, I'd been told that I could take the commission and stay where I was in the company when the same platoon, but by the battalion commander who recommended me. The regimental commander said, no, you'll have to go to a, another rifle company in a rifle platoon. And uh, I had to think about that. I told the colonel, I said, I got to think and pray about that. He said, well, go take some time and come back. Well, when I came back, I said, all my body parts are where they're supposed to be. <laughs> and I've been over here almost a year. I'd have had to stay 90 days minimum as mm. an officer. And I said, I think the thing for me to do is go home. The expedient thing to do. And he said, son, I believe you're right. Mm. Mr. Bob Weisinger, a friend of mine, a member of Mount Zion Baptist Church and a member of our community and, uh, and a veteran of the Korean conflict. Uh, and for those who don't know, the 3rd Infantry Division that he served in was one of the most highly decorated divisions in the entire Korean conflict. Eleven men won the Medal of Honor while serving in the 3rd Infantry Division during the Korean conflict alone. And, and that just shows how much experience difficulty and how much conflict you were caught up in as a being a part of the 3rd Infantry Division. It's been an honor to have Mr. Bob Weisinger with us today. And one other thing that I need to mention, uh, when, when Bob came back to the United States, he came back as a Master Sergeant, probably 19 years old, which is incredible. Uh, and his promotions came because of his activity in the, uh, in the conflict, but also three bronze stars for uh, bravery, one uh, bronze star for meritorious service, uh, pretty incredible uh, record for a soldier, and it's been an honor to have you with us, Mr. Bob. God bless you, my friend. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.